Welcome to the Life on Word podcast. I'm the host, Bailey Brown. Through this podcast, I hope you fall more in love with God's Word as it is properly understood. If you want to dig deeper into Scripture and see the big picture of God's story, you are in the right place. In these episodes, I want you to see how deep and wide Scripture is and what a joy it is to study God's Word. Life on Word exists to encourage you to build all of your life on the Word of God because it is the only worthy foundation. For more resources relating to studying the Bible, theology, and discipleship, check out baileylbrown.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to the first official episode of the Life on Word podcast. I am so incredibly excited to launch this little project into the world. We're going to start in the Gospel of Matthew and work our way through the New Testament. I can't tell you how much I've enjoyed preparing for these episodes and learning more about Matthew's Gospel. In this episode, we are going to look at who Matthew was, who he was writing to, and what some of the major themes are that are present in his Gospel. This introductory information will set us up to work through each chapter of the book with some of the key ideas in mind. In the coming episodes, I will read one chapter and then break down the main points and make some applications. I genuinely hope that through these short, devotional-style episodes, you are encouraged to dig into God's Word and be changed by what you have read. With that in mind, let's get started. Okay, we're going to start with some background information on Matthew's Gospel. First, let's talk about who wrote it. Matthew never explicitly states in his writing that he is the author. Instead, we know from unanimous early church tradition that this gospel was written by Matthew, the tax collector that was one of the twelve apostles. Now, it might seem strange that Matthew never tells his audience that he is the writer, but this actually makes sense. In fact, none of the four gospel authors are explicit in naming themselves as the author. This makes sense because Matthew was not writing his gospel in the form of a letter for a far-off church, where he would sign it with, sincerely, Matthew, the former tax collector. Instead, his gospel, along with the others, are more of a compilation of stories about Jesus and his teachings for the benefit of churches where the gospel writers were likely participants and leaders. So, for this reason, an explicit statement of the author wouldn't be needed because his audience already knew him. Uh, Thinking about the date of this gospel, it is dated sometime in the late 50s or early 60s, written more than likely for the very influential church at Antioch in Syria. This church had a good mix of both Jewish Christians and Gentiles. For the Jews, Matthew's gospel confirms that Jesus is the Messiah they have been waiting for. Through Jesus's life, death, and resurrection, the Old Testament prophecies have been fulfilled. And for the Gentiles, this gospel confirms that salvation through Jesus extends to them as well. It is believed that Matthew's gospel was the most widely read of the four in the early years of the church. Looking at the structure, Matthew arranges his gospel more around certain themes than chronologically. In fact, 
He has the most complete compilation of Jesus' teachings, prophecies, and parables than anywhere else in Scripture. He structures the gospel around five major discourses or, or teaching moments of Jesus. Matthew's gospel is a great bridge between the Old and New Testaments. He cites Old Testament passages more than any of the other gospel writers. Okay, now that we've covered that, let's get into some of the major themes in Matthew's gospel. One of the primary themes is the universality of salvation. Jesus came to bring salvation to both the Jews and the Gentiles. Matthew is particular in that he shows how Jesus is the fulfillment of the promises of Judaism, but he also points to the universality of Jesus' mission by showing that Gentiles can be saved as well. He is very clear in stating that all of the Old Testament hopes, prophecies, and promises are pointing to the person and ministry of Jesus. The next major theme that Matthew focuses on is the names of Jesus. For this reason, Matthew's gospel is foundational for the doctrine of Christology and understanding the identity of Jesus. Now here I want to touch on each of these names that Matthew highlights. The first name is Christ, and this is a Greek word that means anointed one. The title Messiah means the same thing in Hebrew, so that title will also show up. Now, the term Messiah is not used in the Old Testament, but the title of anointed one is used in the Old Testament to describe kings, priests, and prophets. Through this title, Matthew points to Jesus as being the true king that the Old Testament has been waiting for. You'll see in chapter 1 in the next episode how Matthew highlights the kingly status of Jesus, even in small ways such as his genealogy. Another title we find in this gospel is Son of David. Matthew uses this title for Jesus more than any other book in the New Testament. This is another title that points to Jesus being king and there being an expectation of an eternal throne. When the Jews thought about what the Messiah would be like when he finally came, images of the great King David come to mind. The next title we find is Son of God. Matthew uses this title to point to Jesus' true identity. Jesus uses this title about himself, which highlights the unique relationship between him and the Heavenly Father. And then, aside from the explicit use of this title, Jesus refers to the Father as his own Father 23 times throughout this gospel, and 15 of those are only found in Matthew's account. This shows a major point that Matthew wants us to pick up on. Jesus is the true Son of the Heavenly Father. Finally, the last major title for Jesus that we see is Son of Man. This was the term that Jesus most often used to refer to himself. The original audience may have heard this title and thought of Daniel 7 verses 13 and 14, where he prophesies of the Son of Man who will rule forever. But this title did not have some of the messianic associations like the titles of Messiah, Son of God, and Son of David. So Jesus was able to teach the meaning of his identity as the Son of Man. Using this Son of Man title, he clarifies who he is and what his ministry is about. He is a humble servant that came to forgive sinners. He is a suffering servant that through his death and resurrection, he will atone for sins. And he is the Son of Man, the glorious King and Judge, who will return and usher in the fullness of the kingdom of God. 
Keep these titles in mind as you read and see how their significance starts to jump out at you. In today's episode, we covered some introductory material for Matthew's Gospel. Two things that really stuck out to me were the significant titles that Matthew used about Jesus' identity and Matthew's use of the Old Testament throughout his Gospel. These are two key components that will be helpful to keep in mind as we read. Come back next time as we begin in Matthew chapter 1. I am truly so excited to get started. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. For more Bible study resources, check out baileylbrown.com.